Welcome to MPA Pod, the Mortgage Professional Australia podcast. Hi, I'm Anthony Field, editor of Mortgage Professional Australia. My guest today is a very well-known person in the industry, highly respected, Sam White, the executive chairman of Australasia's largest aggregator, LMG. Welcome, Sam. Hey, Sammy. Great to have you on the on MPA Pod. Uh, we've got a we're focusing on the future of broking, so I wanted to ask you first about information sharing and particularly open banking. How do you think open banking and the consumer data right will change broking and and lending for that matter? Well, it, it promises so much, Anthony. It's a it's a it's a technology and a and a regulatory framework which promises to um, liberate and, and empower the customer to make better decisions. Um, by giving the customer the ability to decide who to share their information with. Um, if it happens the way we hope it does, and, and it's taken a long time and it's gone through some 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 uh, some ups and downs, uh, we think it's going to be fantastic for brokers. One of the reasons at the moment is a broker needs to collect all the data, all the documents, uh, all the information. Increasingly, we've been screen scrape, using screen scraping technology like bankstatements.com to, to get data and then populate applications. What open banking promises is the end to document collection, largely, that instead of relying on, on us to produce document to verify something, we'll be able to get access to the client's information digitally, which can, can actually substantiate that. It means that instead of getting a document, entering into a system to get an answer, we'll be accessing customers' information that will automatically digitally flow into our systems, which will enable the brokers to have a whole lot of time. Um, that's what we hope. Uh, now it's a journey that we're on. It's sort of not it's not widely adopted yet, uh, and um, we we're very keen to see that this does get adopted because we think it's going to be great for brokers and great for customers. And I understand too, it's it's client led, so the the customer is in charge of the information and who who gets to access it. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And there's there's a couple of things that I think it's important to to just to mention in that is it, firstly the customer has complete control. Um, they can um, uh, give people a, an ability to access it for a certain period of time. It can be a once-off access. It can be for a period of time. Um, and the client has to renew that. Uh, the customer has to, who owns the data has to renew that ability to, or that authorization if they want it to share it more than I think it's 12 months. So, um, so firstly, the customer has in control. One of the great things is that the net promoter scores for customers on brokers are huge. So there's already a, a strong degree of trust from the customer to the broker, um, sorry, in, in the broker from the customer. And I think that really holds us in great stead for open banking because we, at the moment, most brokers can't get access to information to help the customer. They don't really know what happens to the line balance. What, what's, yeah. um, what open banking will enable us to do is to help the customer um, manage their cash flows better. We'll, we'll know exactly what's happening to their loan will be able to sort of know when they've when their loan to value ratio uh, based on their loan balance and an AVM on, on their thing has passed a certain level when they're able to refinance at a lower rate because their LVI is below you know seventy percent. They're the type of things I think is really exciting for brokers, um, as well as the initial application, which will enable us to um, uh, save a whole hopefully a whole bunch of time and and also a whole bunch of uh, exposure to you know potential concerns around documents, which can always be manipulated, where the, the open banking environment will mean that there's less room 
for 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 bad actors to to get in the way and start to create problems for brokers and for banks. Yeah, because that's obviously a big issue at the moment. Cybersecurity. Yeah, so, um, it, that's going to help. That I, it, it, we're going to need. So, so the two things: the the security levels that brokers will need to operate under and and aggregators is going to need to be uh, high to be able to play in the system. So. Um, you know, for example, we, we've got an ISO 27001 accreditation, which is a good sort of certification to say this is sort of how we manage information. Where we need to go is SOC 2, uh, SOC 2 uh, Type 2 accreditation. We're just about to get SOC 2 Type 1. SOC 2 Type 2 comes about six months or 12 months after that based on that or the audit process we have. So we're very keen that, yeah, I think everyone's going to need to invest more in, in, in cyber and in tech and in security. Um, but the good thing is when you do that, uh, what, what the digital environment will enable us to do is that if someone was you know, passing on pay slips that were fraudulently produced and the broker was getting unwittingly caught up in that, all that stuff goes away because we'll be able to go directly to source data um, as opposed to um, relying on someone giving us a document, scanning it, reading it. You know. So I'm, I'm very excited about the potential that it can, can bring, but it will be a fair bit of work still to make that happen. And... The best thing we've got going for us is that is how highly regarded brokers are by their clients, um, and I think that's something that is stands us in really good stead. So, just on that, I'm assuming uh, open banking will actually boost broker market share with those that uh, uh, you've spoken about. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't. You know, I, I think um, uh, oh, now, the key thing is that brokers, you know, as long as we keep looking after a customer. As long as brokers keep looking after customers like they do, and as long as, you know, I think best interest duty has been, whilst it's been, a, a, was a frustrating adjustment for many brokers, I also think it's a terrific, uh, you know, uh, uh, accomplishment that brokers have done is they could prove they can operate in that environment, which has in turn made their systems and processes better. It's made their service more replicable uh, to other clients. And, and therefore, they're, they're getting more and more referrals. So market share is growing because their clients are referring other clients. And I think that's, um, that's the great thing about this industry is that if you do the right thing by a customer, that they'll refer other customers. Um, and I don't see any reason why that sh- should slow down. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, this whole open banking uh, thing. Do, do you think, though, that it's been uh, publicized enough or, or widely talked about? Because a lot of brokers don't seem to... No, and don't even know what open banking is. No, and the benefits. That yeah, you mentioned. It, it, I think a large it's it, it sort of was it was a really big thing pre-COVID um, that we moved into. And then we had the Banking Royal Commission, and then we had you know COVID happened and a whole bunch of things, and so things got just slow. Um, there's obviously a, a real issue around cyber and people are concerned around that. So there, there's there's been some slowness, I think, by some of the industry to to adapt to that and. Yeah, I don't know all the details of that, obviously, um, but obviously there's concerns um, that need to be managed and, and quite rightly, you know, making sure privacy is at the top of that list is important. I think that those concerns and those things have been addressed. And I think it's a matter of time before um, all the banks follow this and, and make, that, make that available for the customer to do that. It is law. It, it is something that uh, all lenders are required to do. So um, I don't see... I think there's been delays and I think because of those delays that is people being sort of, when do I start talking about it if it's not quite available yet? When it is available, I think it'll be a really big thing that the government will push. I think, you know, and obviously from a broker point of view, we'll be pushing that pretty hard as well. 
So how should brokers uh, make the most of open banking? Like, how, what, what are you sort of conversations you're having with LMG brokers, for example? So at the moment, so, so at the, yeah, we've incorporated um, some, some tools into the system, like, for example, bank statements that, that increasingly now some lenders are saying, well, we, we don't want to take that because it's screen scraping and government's been sort of, uh, um, uh, you know, concerned about the security of screen scraping and password sharing. So the, that will accelerate the move to open banking. And a lot of those suppliers that are giving us screen scraping access also have the ability to switch that straight away into open banking access. So all the systems we're building now, we're building for the environment where we can operate in open banking and there will be a rel- relatively seamless transition between the documents to the data. And, and I think that's, that, um, that transition is going to be, I think it'll, it'll go slowly until it gets quick and then it'll go really fast. And, um, yeah, we're on that journey still. I'm not quite sure when it will tip, but when it does, I think it will move very, very quickly. So will it actually remove the need for screen scraping then? Yeah. 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 It'll, it'll actually mean that, and, and that's obviously one of the concerns that customers have is password sharing. And, and so the open making environment, um, to give it's provided well by the government, we'll, 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 we'll put an end to that practice and enable this to, to happen. Now, um, we don't have, we don't share those concerns on screen scraping that, that, that others do, but we, we respect that those people have those concerns and, and also recognize that open banking is a much safer uh, and, and more scalable technology and framework than the current uh, screen scraping environment. What's the, what's the, uh, your knowledge about how it's been taken up overseas, open banking? Because it's been, I think the UK runs it. I'm not sure how many other countries operate it, but. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So UK was the home of open banking. That's where it started. And we actually, uh, met the person who rolled it out and was the, driving the regulation through the, through the banks. Um, and this is a recent trip you went on. To. Yeah. 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 It was, it was interesting. And, and one of the, one of the things that they spoke about was it really helped with, um, you know, reduction of, um, you know, personal financial management apps, the you know, PFMs that they, you know, you can combine all your accounts into one app and all that type of thing. And the problem with that was it really was didn't really find many customers. It was a great, great, great idea, but there wasn't a lot of customers that used it. it. It's interesting there, the brokers haven't really adapted as quickly to open banking as what we would have thought uh, would have happened. So, um, yeah, we're trying to understand that a bit better as to why that why that's the case. Um, uh, but we think it's a really good use case here, particularly what we've seen with how our brokers currently collect information, how they could collect information. We think it's going to be a big time saver on a broker to be able to do that. And hopefully that'll, that'll mean that yeah, brokers become more productive or they can spend more time looking for more customers or they spend more time you know, spent with their families if, if that's what they choose. But we think it, we think it will, will result in more efficiency. Sounds like it's got a lot of benefits and hopefully yeah. more and more brokers will realise those benefits. Yeah, I think that, that I'm sure we all will. Uh, it's just a matter of, of when it becomes, when it hits critical mass and when the banks really are, are fully on board with it. Mm. Moving on to another uh, topic that often gets talked about in the industry, diversification. Uh, just wanted to get a sense from you how important it is for brokers to diversify their offering, i.e. adding commercial finance. I, I, we think it's critical. Uh, the, the reason why is that, you know, broker costs in the broker business are going up. You know, there's, there's more compliance costs. There's more, it's, it's harder to, you know, when you're maintaining relationships with the client, you know, everyone talks about, you know, maintaining relationships with existing clients, but that's, that's expensive. It takes resource. Um, so I think brokers need other revenue streams to come in to help pay for that, um, for that re- investments they're making. 
Um, and we think, you know, within, uh, particularly in commercial and asset finance, uh, insurance, other areas, there, there are really good adjacencies to a core residential business. Um, and we think everyone should, should, be, should partake in it. Now, we don't think everyone should write it, but we think everyone should be part of it. So whether you choose to upskill yourself and, you know, commercial is a, is a, is a skill. It, it needs to be learned and, and, and um, we don't think every broker should, should write commercial unless you've been properly trained on how to do it and have the accreditations to do it. Um, but when you do, um, awesome. But when you don't, refer to someone who does and, 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 and earn revenue from that and look after a customer. Um, same thing with asset, either learn to do it yourself or refer it. And, and either of those two processes, we think write it yourself or refer, brokers should be earning revenue from their client base that they're putting a lot of time and energy into managing because it's, it's not cheap. And, and, and these services they provide their clients, uh, you know, really enable them to keep investing in their business and investing in customer service. So we think it's really important. Uh, and, um, going forwards, I don't see any reason why the commercial market share we think is about 30%. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't go to 50% and, and more. Um, and, and the same with asset finance. And the reason being is that, you know, just like residential, people who, who are borrowing money from, on, for, for commercial asset, they want choice. They want an expert. They want someone they can trust. They want, uh, all the things that resi, uh, clients want, um, and, and, but we need to make sure we're delivering it properly. And that means, you know, making sure that, that we don't, um, yeah, that we, that the people who are seeing the customer are properly trained to be able to help that customer. Cause the worst thing is if, you know, they're not trained and they end up causing a problem for that customer, that will be a, that will be a real problem for the industry. So we, we have strong believers in, in professional development in that space. When you are professionally developed in that space, great. Um, but when you're not, yeah, refer to someone who is, learn the process with them and then get yourself in a position to be able to be accredited if that's what you choose. And some brokers want to do that. Some brokers say, man, I, I'm, I just want to focus on my residential business. Um, and, and I think that's, that's, that's a good answer as well. It comes down to what the broker wants and how much they want to invest in their own training and development. Um, but brighter refer either way, we think every broker should, should, should be able to participate in commercial and asset finance. I think that referral option you talked about is, is a great way to go because there are experts in the field, commercial brokers have been doing it for a long time that are not comfortable with some residential brokers coming in and writing a commercial loan here and there because they think, you know, well, you're not, you're not doing that every day like I am. A hundred percent. I think that's, that's a hundred percent right. And it's a bit like when we went through the industry in, in, on the residential side, which is obviously more mature than commercial and asset in the broker sense. Um, we went through a stage of professional development and, and improving standards that over a fairly long period of time. So, you know, from about 2005, uh, or, you know, or really early in that, probably late nineties when we, you know, we started to see those changes come in and progressively, you know, obviously 2009 with NCCP was a big one. Um, the REM reviews, uh, were a big one, obviously best interest duty, but increasingly we still saw lots of, uh, decisions by banks brokers, regulators that increased the standard of the industry, which I think has kept us in really good stead. I think what we're going to see in commercial and asset is just an acceleration of that. The same, we've got to go through the same things. We just got to go through it faster. So, um, you know, we're big supporters of the industry bodies that want to improve that, you know, CAFPA and, you know, um, it, I know it's really focused around that. We're, we're big supporters of, of that principle. Hmm. So how does LMG, how do you assist your brokers who want to diversify, whether, whether they want to 
uh, actually do these loans or they, whether they want to refer, how do you help? Yeah, them? yeah. We have two specialist aggregation teams that just, one that does commercial and one that does asset finance. And and so um, those those teams, um, you know, we're building a technology for both of those um, uh, disciplines uh, as well as, uh, you know, BDMs and support teams uh, to be able to to do that as well as operating referral hubs, either at, at doing it ourselves or working with our brokers to say to a broker, well, if you want to be a referral hub, here's what you need to do and here's what commitment you need to make to your fellow broker and and, and enabling that to happen. So um, we're happy to do it. You know, we're investing both in, in both teams, both asset and commercial, and uh, we think it's a, a really big um, opportunity for brokers and one that we really want to be part of. Probably the biggest thing we see is 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 the technology development, how that integrates with a yeah a residential system, a commercial system, an asset finance system. They're very different, but we think there's got to be a common architecture to that, so that from a business point of view, you can track clients whether they're resi, commercial, or or asset, uh, and know where your revenues are coming from, how how your business is operating. But we think that needs to be a consistent platform. So, looking at the future broker market share, do you think uh, brokerages will become like a one-stop shop where, you know, you don't, if you've got a loan, you, you don't just go to a residential broker or a commercial, you go to one brokerage for all your finance needs. We're starting to see that happen in, in a number of great businesses that are evolving to become that. And, and there are, there are a number of good businesses, some inside LNG, some outside LNG that, that do that really well. I don't see that it will be only that. I think so. I think they'll they'll do really those businesses. There'll be more of them. It'll happen. They'll 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 get bigger, um, and they'll offer more to their more services to the customer. Um, there'll also be other businesses that 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 are individually focused on one one particular discipline and specialise in that discipline, but then have strong relationships with either referral process to someone who who does that, and whether um, they formalise that. How that's done, I think, will be flexible. And I think that as long as you as long as you're giving a great service to the customer, whether that's from a owner operator focusing on one segment and 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 referring elsewhere, or whether it's on a a, a, a practice, yeah, an enterprise that's really doing all three things and having staff in each one. Um, yeah, I think both will work. Um, both will have its own challenges and opportunities, but I think um, as long as we look after the customer in. Yeah, in in commercial and asset, the way the residential does now, and 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 everything I've seen is hundred percent that's the case. Um, I, I think it's a really bright future for for um, for commercial and asset. Mm-hmm. So, looking at I guess the whole broker market share, I think you spoke at the National Finance Brokers Day recently about where you think uh, residential broker market share will get to. Yeah, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you said around eighty percent. Is that right? Uh, for which one? For, for residential. Oh, I think it's going to be over 80. Um, so UK, it's 84. And, and I spoke to some brokers over there. I said, mate, you must be, you, do you think you can hold 84? You know, they said, oh, yeah, we think it's going to go to 100 because it gets to a tipping point. And they think it's close there where, where, where lenders are saying, mate, there's no, no point me investing a whole bunch of resource in a direct branching, uh, direct distribution team when you know, it's only servicing 16% of the market. So, and it's hard to retain good people because they all want to become brokers when, they, when they're good. So that's one of the challenges I think for, you know, for a lender is that as that market shrinks. Now, obviously they're coming through digital and they're looking at ways they can do that. But I think also increasingly digital, we're, we're, we're also brokers participating in that as well. So, you know, even, you know, 
10, 15 years ago, I remember very clearly um, some of our brokers saying to me, Eubank's going to kill us. You know, it's going to be this digital solution. I can't offer it to my clients. This was 15 years ago. Um, and we're worried about what that does to our business and what it does to broking. And, and of course, we went through that phase and, and now brokers have access to Eubank on their, on their panels. So I, I think it's a, I, I, I'm not, I think we've got to keep our focus on the customer and keep looking at how do we integrate with digital, digital lenders because every bank is going to become more and more digital. No one's, no one's looking to become less digital. Uh, it's only a matter of how fast does that happen. And as that transition happens, so does our need to help our banks save time. It's the same way we look at brokers, they go, you know, how, how do we help banks save time and money by better processing, better lodgement, uh, you know, quicker turnaround times, um, focused on better information. And I think things like open banking uh, and, and some of the, the work that we're trying to do with brokers around getting more, um, yeah, more information to, to the lenders more quickly, uh, we think that that's going to be, that's going to really uh, um, enable brokers to, to fully participate in with digital lenders, um, whether it's, so, so, so that's why I think it's going to be more than 80 because I think there'll be some digital lenders that won't deal with brokers, but I think a lot will. I, I think majority will. Um, and I think uh, more and more, you know, it's going to be harder and harder for banks to retain real talent in the, in the, in the direct-to-customer space when all that good talent, when they get it, it's going to leave and become broken. We've seen that happen over the last five or six years, and I don't see why that changes. So that's why I'm optimistic. Um, obviously, maybe we'll play this in 10 years' time, and, and I'll, I'll be wincing at this prediction, but I, I, I'm, I'm very – as long as we look after the customer, as long as we don't take it for granted, as long as we act in their best interests – um, which we we do and brokers do, um, I'm, I'm really confident about it. Okay. So what do you think um, digital, more lenders will actually include brokers and digital and digital owning lines? Is it, is it the purely the human element? Uh, I think, the, so firstly, the cost, as every lender becomes digital, every lender competes for Google, um, yeah, AdWords, and that's going to keep bidding up the cost. The price of originating through digital is not cheap. You know, I mean, you look at, different ways of getting clients. So um, I think firstly, as a cost comparison, and I don't think broking is going to be that much more expensive for a lender to do than direct digital. Um, secondly, if, if there's a big chunk of the market that deals with brokers, if you're trying to go digital and, and, and there's not a native client that's comfortable going digital, you're missing out on, on 75% of the market, 80% of the market. So why not take advantage of that market by making your product available to that 80%? Um, and I think um, they'll, a lot of those digital lenders want to run on the rails that the, the, the mortgage broking market's already established rather than have to create their own rails outside of what we built. Um, so I think, I think it's, it's both a, a cost thing and I think also um, just a, a market demographic that they can't afford not to look at. Now, some will. Some, some will go digital only, um, but I think a lot will, will, will choose to play digital direct and also in broker. Okay. I guess this is connected to the digital theme. Uh, how do you, how important is automation and AI for the future of broking? Is it a is it a threat? Is it a is it an advantage to to include that? Oh, I think it's I think it's a um, I think it's a massive threat and a massive opportunity. Um, uh, it's everyone in, in in whether you're a broker or whether you're yeah in anything at the moment. It just seems like the the advances that are being made and the insights that are coming out. Um, yeah, sometimes they're scary and sometimes they're exciting. And uh, I think we need to, yeah, a couple of things I think, what, 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 how I think about AI uh, is that um, it will 
automate a lot of that stuff that gets more and more repetitive for us to do. Uh, for example, we're, we're playing with a couple of things at the moment, which application, which we think will um, save some brokers time around writing notes and a whole bunch of things that based on some some client data and, and writing up um, uh, explanations and things like that. But where I, where what I hope will be the case is that the fundamental relationship between a customer and a broker and the ability to that trust that is there is built that that's, that underpins that not, yeah NPS score, which is which is huge. Uh, that that I, that I hope gives us something to really hold on to. How do, how we innovate and how we use AI is going to be really important, um, and and it will be times it'll be scary and times it'll be exciting, and and I think we're all on this journey together, not just in the mortgage broking industry, but just in in society as a whole. Um, yeah, we're going to see some huge huge changes potentially with this, and yeah, I don't know if all of them will be good. Um, and there's a lot of smart, well, smarter people than me that are saying it's a bad thing, and some are saying it's a good thing. So. Um, yeah, you know, we're curious about it. I, I, I'm, I'm cautious about it, but I know that we've got to experiment and play, um, and hope that uh, as a society, we, we, you know, we, 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 we keep developing and 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 um, uh, and, and evolving, um, and that this becomes just another technology which helps advance humans. Um, hope that's the case, uh, and um, and and we'll be leaning into trying to experiment with things and 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 sharing those insights with our brokers. Well, that's a great way to wrap it up because I think, as you said, that that's that, that human element yeah. doesn't go away. Everyone wants to talk to somebody, yeah, um, not a not a machine. Hopefully, but who knows what's going to happen in the yeah, future? Yeah, I really appreciate your time, Sam. Thank you very much for joining us on MPA Pod. Thanks, Andy. Really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into MPA Talk. You can listen to the latest episodes on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and all major listening channels. Just search for MPA Talk.